welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. Welcome back to After the Bell, brought to you by Connects Academy. We are committed to ensuring that schools and their staff are supported with as much training as possible to ensure children in their care are kept safe and are supported. The latest updates for keeping children safe in education guidance were published on the 6th of June, outlining new changes and requirements for schools to their safeguarding duties ready for September 2023. Our guest today is Ella Savile-Boss and Ella will be walking us through the updates and changes. Ella delivers safeguarding training sessions, keynotes and chairs national safeguarding conferences. She also supports schools internationally and Ella is always passionate about safeguarding and child protection and ensuring she helps to provide effective training and advice and guidance. Welcome Ella, I know this is a busy time for you this year, uh, getting schools ready for September. So thank you for taking the time to join us today. It's great to have you with us. It's a pleasure, thank you. So today we're going to be talking about the most recent published updates to the Keeping Children Safe in Education 2023, also known as KEZI. They come out every year. So how has this update to uh, KEZI compared to previous years? Well, I mean, it's always this time of year. I mean, for people that obviously don't work in education or safeguarding, there's probably not so much excitement and buzz around it. But for those of us <laughs> that do, there's that sort of we're all waiting for it to be released in, in usually around June time. So, yes, it's landed. We've got it. Obviously, it doesn't come into force until the 1st of September this year. Um, mm-hmm. As with every year, it gives us a couple of months just to sort of see what it's about. But the changes, as has been sort of quite heavily published re- recently, is that there's not massive changes. So this year, we've just got a few key areas that we've got. So, for example, last year, we had a big change with the advice on sexual violence and sexual harassment, where the guidance um, from the uh, DfE on sexual violence and sexual harassment between children in schools and colleges that come out in 2021 has then been merged into keeping children safe. So that happened last year and was quite a big thing. And there was a few other things as well that we were talking about. But this year, not masses of changes. I'm going to talk you through a few sort of changes in like language and things. But other than that, not as pretty exciting good. as we'd hoped. Oh, OK. So uh, so pretty, pretty good. But maybe that's a good thing. It feels like we're yeah. heading in the right direction and there isn't too much sort of change in policy. So what yeah. what are the key areas that have been updated then? Well, so obviously, um, one of the things that we always have to remember is that although this has been released now in June 2023, we always have to be mindful that there could be some last minute changes and a few tweaks before we end up um, it, you know, in September and, and it actually comes into force. 
But the main thing that I think most people have heard about with the biggest change is about filtering and monitoring. And this is because what's changed in this is it's now explicitly stating that this need to, needs to be in the designated safeguarding leads job role. So for a while, we've talked about the importance that the DSL role needs to be in that person's job description. So it can't just be a little sort of add on. It's definitely not that sort of role that's just an no. add on. And no. um, but also with the filtering and monitoring, this now needs to be in the DSL's role that they are leading on this. Now, what's important to remember here. So I do lots of safeguarding audits where I go into schools and I look at all areas of safeguarding. And one of the areas that I look at is obviously around filtering and monitoring. And I have the advantage that my partner has an IT company and supports schools, and that definitely helps with that side of things. And so there's lots of top tips that I can give to people uh, a little bit later on in this. But what I would say is it is sometimes an area of weakness where DSLs feel really confident in some safeguarding areas, but there is still in some schools a little bit of a well, it's filtering and monitoring. It's all around um, online things and our sort of technical people deal with that. And what Keeping Children Safe in Education 2023 is being very, very clear about is we cannot leave this from a technical point of view. This is not a just about, OK, what, what is it doing behind the scenes? But actually, what are we doing in relation to safeguarding and is it fit for purpose? So we've had some standards that have come out um, around, uh, it was back in sort of March this year, um, that people need to refer to as well. We've got documents such as the filtering and monitoring standards for school and colleges. We've got um, cybersecurity standards for schools and colleges. There's lots of different documents out there. And I would say that this is going to be a bit of a shake up for people when they're going to have to look at those and really focus and understand about filtering and monitoring in a little bit more detail. But one of the things that's also been brought in in relation to this area is that not only does the DSL need to be responsible, but there needs to be a governor that is responsible, just like we have a safeguarding governor. So when I do audits, I speak with the safeguarding governor because often they are absolutely lovely they're really dedicated they want to support the school but what i need to check is are they able to be that sort of critical friend can they provide that challenge and scrutiny and we need to think of that in relation to them having an overall understanding about what is needed in relation to filtering and monitoring they need to work really closely with the dsl to make sure that this is this is all in place um, the um, LGFL have done a fantastic little YouTube video all around um, filtering and monitoring. And what they've added into that is they've got a little 30 minute short course completely free. So all of that is available for any um, school staff to access. So if I was a, a DSL currently, I'd be definitely uh, getting myself onto that. So I knew exactly what the expectations were. Now, the wording has change slightly in keeping children safe uh, for 2023. It's talking much more around how all staff should receive training on the expectations, ap applicable roles and responsibilities in relation to filtering and monitoring. Now, that's the first time we've seen that written so clearly. And it is important to make sure that staff that are leading on this feel confident. So safeguarding governors responsible 
for filtering and monitoring and online safety need to be discussing with their DSL to feel confident that they have a staff training programme in place to ensure that this is covered. So, for example, I do a lot of staff training. Um, I'm always busy beginning of September. Everybody wants me in schools and I am obviously rewriting the safeguarding training over the summer in line with keeping children safe to ensure that we're ticking that box, that everybody knows what this means and that we describe in detail what they need to be aware of. Excellent. So I'm, I'm thinking like the schools are going to have to work really hard to get ready for these different elements, particularly the DSLs. So uh, you mentioned about sort of the short courses. Is there any other actions that schools can take to be ready uh, for yeah. the DSLs? Definitely. I mean, obviously, have a read of keeping children safe would be my first action. Um, my second action would be look at Annex F. It's now referred to as Annex F. And this talks about the key changes. This is what the DfE have highlighted within keeping children safe for 2023 as being the key things that we need to make sure we know about. Some of the things are as simple as a change in language. So we've had we've got a few examples of that in keeping children safe. So many of us for years, years when we have been talking about what used to be called honour-based violence was then changed to honour-based abuse. Whenever I'm delivering training in this area, I always prefix it with so-called and that has been added into keeping children safe now. That's because we've all been saying it. We all understand why it's important because when we say honour-based abuse, we're almost giving it that, um, that title as though that's warranted and that's appropriate when actually we know that this isn't a, a matter of honour. This might be perceived honour by those that are the abusers, but actually we want to say so-called. So there's a bit of change in language in that. There's also in line with um, uh, radicalisation, we've got a slight change where anything connected with prevent there was the wording about how we need to be mindful of vulnerable groups but actually it's been removed to say basically this is for everybody we're making sure that we are being mindful and doing preventative work and understanding about the prevent duty and radicalization for everybody so that we're not being too prescriptive that it should be about um just vulnerable people and that's it um there are other areas that have been slightly changed. Um, things around the word discipline has been taken out and it's changed to sanctions. That will be really standard for schools. Most schools don't talk about discipline procedures, but they talk about sanctions. That's just the vocabulary changing over the years. And also around the uh, duties of schools in relation to education, healthcare plans, EHCPs, when a child is removed from school by their parents, that they are going to be, say, homeschooled. And it's then the local authority's responsibility to make sure they check and review the EHCPs. But what's important is that obviously as schools, we have so much knowledge and usually relationships with families that we make sure that we help with this process as well would be my advice to make sure we're doing that. And um, there's a couple of other things, and then I'm just going to go through what we need to do about them. So there's one around school premises, around if there's any allegation of anyone that's using school premises. We want to make sure that um, we 
understand what our obligations are as the school in relation to the new guidance in keeping children safe. And what that means is we've got to follow safeguarding procedures as we would with anything, but also that the LADO, the local authority designated officer, might also be contacted about those allegations. And then I think pretty much lastly of any significant change is around the safe recruitment. We saw last year it came in around considering um, doing social media checks when we are shortlisting candidates. Um, and it's now saying that, you know, we need to advise shortlisted candidates that that's what we're doing. So that's important to do. Um, so picking up on that of what we can do, obviously people can look at that however they wish. Um, I work with a brilliant company called Social Media Check. Nick Whelan from Social Media Check is great. They're a really good company and they can provide those at a really low price um, as well. So definitely uh, look, look for those. But yeah, OK, let's go back to basics. What do we need to do? So before September, please go through your policy. Make sure you update it in line with all of these changes. Make sure you change the wording. So if you haven't got the phrase so-called honour-based abuse, change it to that in your policies. Look at policies that link with your safeguarding and child protection policy. It's not just that one policy. It might be in your behaviour policy. It might be in your staff code of conduct policy. Whatever it is, look at all of it. You want to change the references, obviously, to 2023 version. Don't leave it at 2022 or one that I have done where it was still 2019 at one point. And I thought, blimey, we've moved on a fair few versions since then. So we do need to do that. <laughs> um, we want to review and amend our out of hours hire contracts for organisations that are working with children to align with that expectation about this um, out of school settings. We want to make sure that we specify um, in out of hours hire contracts for organisations working with children that we will, you know, refer to the LADO where necessary. Obviously, I've already mentioned about the filtering and monitoring and the importance around looking at those standards, creating a well-defined plan going forward. It shouldn't be the first time we're thinking about this, but we do need to make sure that the DSL and the safeguarding governor responsible for this actually understands it enough. So if that DSL feels that they need additional training, jump onto like the training from the LGFL, make sure that we are accessing things to keep us as updated as we can possibly be. And um, want to make sure that all staff, that it's included in their CPD programme so that they understand about our responsibilities for filtering and monitoring and that we do keep bridging this gap between the offline safeguarding world and the online safeguarding world. Um, educate all the governing body, so not just the safeguarding governor, make sure everyone understands the changes to keeping children safe and the responsibilities around filtering and monitoring. Um, include lead responsibility for filtering and monitoring in your DSL's job description so that that's not left out. We've already made sure that the DSL role is in the job description. Let's just add this bit as well. And also um, one of the other key changes, which is important for us to note, is that um, it was back in February, actually, this year, where it has changed that children cannot get married until they're 18. So the, the law has changed. So regardless of whether this is deemed a forced marriage, if there's any coercion involved, it's 
this is a change in the law that they cannot get married under the age of 18. So just make sure staff know that. So say that in your safeguarding staff training in September or whenever you're doing it. Make sure that all of these things are talked about because as much as everybody needs to read part one of keeping children safe in education, we want to also make sure that we're talking to them about it as well, rather than uh, risk that they might not read every single word uh, and absorb it. Absolutely, there's a lot to take in still, isn't there? So yes. I, I know you're working with the schools on a daily basis. What what are the key areas that your clients are talking to you about? Well, I think the filtering and monitoring side is really timely because even though that isn't the first thing that people say to me I don't get people phoning me saying let me talk to you about filtering and monitoring I mean however much fun that would be of a, <laughs> an afternoon um, but what they do talk about is more broadly around online safety mental <laughs> health and the link um, between the two so yeah. I think if we maybe feel that we might have some hard to reach colleagues or families or governors we want to go in at that angle to say, why do we need to make sure we are filtering and why are we monitoring from a safeguarding point of view? And it's because we are seeing such an increase in the impact that the online world is having on young people and their emotional health and well-being. So I would say go in on that angle if that feels a little bit more comfortable. If you feel you're going to get a block with oh, it's all technical and I don't really understand it. Because there are still people that are a little bit of that mindset and you might need a little bit of a, a sort of hook to bring them on board a bit. But yeah, that's definitely one of the big things that we're uh, hearing about. And obviously we're waiting for um, updates and guidance around gender identity um, yeah. and all of that area. We'll, we'll be um, you know, bringing some more information to you later on in the year when we've got that readily available. But those are the sorts of areas where schools are feeling that they need a little bit more clarification, a little bit more support, so they understand exactly what their responsibilities are and what they can do. Yeah. Excellent. OK. And I know, Ella, you've got a wealth of knowledge and contacts and, and uh, access to lots of information and, and you're a phenomenal expert. Are there any resources or support that you would be recommending to schools that they should follow up on? Oh, thank you. Well, I mean... Some of the real basic ones, the really, really easy ones to do, and these are all um, have been updated in keeping children safe. So the links are in there. You've got the hyperlink. So I'm not telling you anything new, but mm -hmm. do look at Southwest Grid for Learning because there are the links in there where you can do the 360 review. It's the audit tool in there. It's free and you can really get ahead of the game of assessing how well you're doing in this area. So that will be really supportive. There's also really quick tests that you can do to check about your filtering, to check that it is actually in place. You can do this, I mean, a little bit of fun while you're out and about. So <laughs> once you know about this tool and it's it's in keeping children safe, you can quickly just check on any Wi-Fi that you're on. So I can do it when I go into schools to check that they're filtering and it will come up and it'll tell me that they're blocking pornography or other things mm -hmm. if you go to a hotel or a restaurant you'll see that they'll have different things they might not block anything there might be other bits that they'll block but what I would say is as a school you want to just double check that you want mm -hmm. to speak to your filtering and monitoring provider to check that everything is being done that needs to be done and that it's updated 
look on the National Grid for Learning, um, look on National Online Safety. There's they produce some brilliant bits. I mean, I've I've shared with you um, our little sort of poster that we've done, which is a little bit of a summary of what I've talked to you about um, today. And yeah, um, we'll those out. sorts of things. Yeah, they're really yeah. useful because the more that you can get, the better. But there are so many bits of information out there. Um, and obviously, if anybody's got any specific questions, they can obviously contact us as well for anything. Yeah. So uh, your website is Ella? Where... It is. Well, very imaginatively, it's um, Ella Savelboss.co.uk, which is E-L-L-A-S-A-V-E-L-L-B-O-S-S. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, and as you know, share quite a lot with the help of wonderful Carla, who's part of the team. Um, so we share lots of things as well. So as soon as we get them in, we we try and uh, share them with us as wide as possible, because I know what it's like when you're frantically busy wearing 101 hats and you really welcome people finding things for you and sharing them. Key yes. resources, absolutely. So follow Ella on uh, on LinkedIn as well so that we can actually give you access to some of this additional information. Ella, it, I know you're so busy and oh. uh, literally you squeezed us in today. <laughs> Thank you so Pleasure. much for taking time to chat with me and I hope these updates have been useful for people that are listening. You can also join us for our free webinar on these updates and changes. But for those of you who aren't able to attend, we're going to record it um, and we'll make that available for free to look at the updates in further detail. So I know, Ella, you'll be unpacking that a bit further. We want to make sure that schools are as ready as possible for the autumn term. So that's kind of our commitment here from everybody at Connects Academy. We've got an actual large portfolio of safeguarding training that Ella's actually been involved in as well for schools, which is available online and on demand. And these focus on different subjects such as adverse childhood experiences, substance abuse risks in schools, prevent bullying, some reflective safeguard practice. And more recently, we've got a, a course on trauma-informed practice. And that's just a few of the courses that we have available here. So signpost you to those as well if you're looking for sort of additional training and we do get ours all updated and refreshed in line with all of the updates as well. Here at Connects Academy we're also proud to be a DfE approved provider of a senior mental health lead training and I'm delighted to say that Ella's been a massive part of that project as well. It's something we're incredibly proud of, isn't it, Ella? And, absolutely. Uh, yeah, a lot of we hard find... work has gone into it, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's there to train up um, a, sort of a recommended individual that can take responsibility for mental health lead training and building a culture of well-being within your schools. So you can find out more about that by visiting connects-academy.com. Um, or follow me again on LinkedIn, Georgie McIntyre. Um, you can pick up our After the Bell podcast, which are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And ideally, you can listen to this on your daily commute, on your treadmill or as your focus for the day. Thank you for listening to After the Bell again. And thank you so much, Ella Savile-Boss, for joining us today. Mm -hmm.